So I really advise clients, the first person in a relationship is you. If you're not well, if you're not happy, you can't help other people. It's, it's that same scenario as being on the plane and having the oxygen drop out of the, the ceiling. You have to take care of yourself in every area, your spiritual, your health, and then you can help your partner and your children and, and whoever else needs it. Welcome to the Rocky Retirement Show. My name is Kathy Klein and I'm the host. And in this show, we don't talk about money or financial issues. We talk about retirement lifestyle issues. These are things that everybody needs to know, whether or not you've saved enough for retirement. So let's go to the episode. I am so excited because today I have Michelle Braylaw here and what she does fits so closely with the Rocky Retirement Show because you know if you've been listening to this show that one of my goals is to help prevent divorce. Well, Michelle puts relationships back together and her goal is to reduce the divorce rate one couple at a time. So I'm going to let her tell you more about her background, but she is going to tell us how to keep our relationship together after we retire, before we retire, anytime really. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. So you can call me Kathy, by the way. I'm We're informal here, so we're good. Michelle, tell me how you got into this business. Mm. Look, it was interesting because originally I had no intention, but my husband and I had an incident one day where he lashed out and hit my daughter. Ooh. And he actually left bruises on her. And this was a shock to me because he was not that sort of person. So I was a little bit concerned about what might happen in the future. And so we went for some counseling. And the counseling that we went for actually undid us as a couple. So instead of actually helping us understand what happened, eventually it ended up pulling us apart. So I decided. At that stage, I'd start to do my own research and see if I could put us back together again. And in that journey, I learned a number of things and I became a counsellor. I decided to go and get retrained and I became a counsellor. I'm going to jump in here. You know, I hear about that all the time. People go to counselling and it actually breaks them up. Why do you think that happens? I think they ask all the wrong questions. <laughs> they tend to, they have generic questions. They'll ask you how you feel about something. And one of the big things I believe that is wrong with counselling is they bring two partners together. So when I do my, my work with my clients, I will never, ever have the male and female at the same time because I'm a firm believer, and this is what I've learned, is that pain talks. Pain has a language all of its own, and people say things when they're in pain. They don't say when they're in love. So a bit like when a woman has a child, you know, she might be yelling at her husband saying, this is all your fault. But in reality, you know, in pain, they'll say these things, but the moment they fall back in love, they don't feel the same things. So they're a bit like mental, I always call them emotional bats. People say things to hurt the other because they're hurting, but they're not really the issues. And I think these come up in counselling when you put two people together, they start saying things that in reality, they weren't important or they weren't so important but they become little bats that they can hit the other person with. You know, what you say makes so much sense. You know, a long time ago, I heard this story. It's kind of like a proverb. 
um, I believe it's, I'm not Jewish, but I believe it's a Jewish proverb. And basically somebody said something to hurt the other person. Somebody said something and it really hurt somebody else. And then the person who did the saying was really sorry about it. And so she went and saw the rabbi and said, okay, well, I, I really, I really want to um, make up for what I did. And the rabbi said, okay, well, here's what you need to do. You need to get a pillowcase and then I want you to empty it out. And so she said, okay, okay, I, I will do that. So she went up to the top of the mountain and she emptied out the pillowcase and she went back to the rabbi and, and said to the rabbi, okay, now, now, now what do I do? I emptied out the pillowcase like you told me. So now what do I do? And then the rabbi said, well, now I want you to go gather up all the feathers and put them back in the pillowcase. And basically the moral of the story is, is that words can hurt and it's mm -hmm. very difficult to take the word back, take those words back. So I think you're very wise in your decision to meet with people individually. What, what made you decide that? I mean, that's not, that's not typical. No, look, it's not. Um, I think part of it came from my own experience with counsellors, but I also saw it in my own counselling. If I had a couple together, they would end up, they wouldn't be focused on the problem they came in for. It would disperse. And I don't know if that's a more of a protection thing. They don't want to be seen as the bad person, so they tend to, you know, shoot off in different directions. But what I did see is that all of these things were being said. And I know, I mean, everybody knows, if somebody said something awful to you, you might move forward, but you never forget. So what I wanted to do was to remove these things that they can't forget. Enough has already happened. They don't need more problems. So were you, uh, you know, I'm just curious, were you able to get back together with your own spouse or did, did that not happen? Yeah, look, long story, sad story probably. Um, in a way, yes. So when we went to see the counsellors, I ended up taking a break because I didn't know whether it was safe to have the children in the same house with him. I didn't quite know what was happening and the counselling hadn't worked. So I removed us for safety. But in that period of time, he found another woman. Mm, I'm sorry. And, oh, thank you. Yes, he went on to have another child. And that was the biggest issue because we actually didn't stop loving each other. But I did not want to raise somebody else's child. So we ended up staying apart and... Over the years, we, we got closer and closer and closer, but unfortunately he got cancer and passed away. I'm so sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know where it would have gone. My friends don't know where it would have gone. But at least for all of us, I mean, I was with him when he passed away. My children ended up developing a, a fantastic relationship with him. So some good came of it, but it's a shame it had to take such a painful path. Absolutely. And, you know, but it sounds like out of your sadness, you have developed this wonderful program to help keep couples together. So thank you for that. So the first thing that you do is you keep you you meet with people individually so they can feel free to say things. and It's not going to hurt the other person. Yep. Um, what what else happens? What, what else do you do? Uh, well, it's a no blame situation. So when couples to come to me, no one is at fault. The, the most common thing is when people are hurting, they desperately want you to be on their side and to join in blaming the other person. So I very much work on no blame. I won't get into that at all. 
And then I ask them, usually before I get a client, I do ask them to send me a list of the things they really want me to address so we can, we can stay on target so that when all the emotions well up, we don't lose focus at what we want to achieve for them. So I get them to send me a list and then I get them to number it so that I know what's important, what are we going to tackle immediately that might just stop them from breaking up right now. And that way we can work through everything else. We've got the time to do it, but we need to address the most important problems immediately. So how many sessions does it usually take to address those immediate problems? Oh, this is really interesting. So I've got it down the most. The most sessions I usually have at 10. I would say now the average. So I have more sessions with women than I have with men. Women tend to, because we think about so many things at one time. You know, we are multifocused and there's so much coming into it. Women need just that little bit longer to process it. Whereas men, if you actually tell them something and if they've come to coaching, does mean they're fairly receptive to being coached. I usually have only three sessions with men and six with women. Interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So three with men and six with women. Now, what's the percentage that make it through all of these nine sessions? Mm. Um, At the moment, I've got, most of them do because they want to get through. And at the moment, I've got around about an 80% success rate with couples. That is so great. Oh, it's wonderful. And I don't know who is happier. (laughs) At the end of it, I get such a buzz from them being together. I, I really don't know sometimes whether they're happier than I am or, or, or how that works out. I love that. I, I love that. Now, you're not in the U.S. What country are you in right now? I'm in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Okay, so you're in Melbourne. And, um, you know, it's funny, the host of the Rocky Retirement Show that is on on Fridays with Retired Excited is actually in Melbourne. It's Henry Shapiro that does the Friday shows. Right. Yeah, so we're a multinational show, really. But um, so are the majority of your clients, are they in Australia or are they all over? They're all over. So it's not just the U.S. that has the problem with divorce, it sounds like. (laughs) No, it's not. Actually, it's worldwide. It's every country. There's no one really who's not affected anymore. I tend to deal mostly with clients in New Zealand. Oh, okay. I was in New Zealand a few months ago. My husband and I took a trip to New Zealand and a beautiful country. Is it on the same time zone as Australia? No, it's two hours difference. Okay. Um, It's not like you're four o'clock in the morning and they're 4 p.m. So it's not a, it's like almost a difference in the U.S. between the East Coast and maybe the Central. So it's not a huge. It's not a big difference. No. So that works really well. And I've only got a few clients in Australia. I've had clients in America, Mm -hmm. but mostly it, when I trained with Tony Robbins, uh-huh. I actually picked up a, a number of clients through, we used to work together. And so I'd gone from counseling into coaching and maybe they recognized I had, you know, more experience. I'm not quite sure. But I worked with a few students and helped them overcome their problems. And then they referred me out. So it sort of developed from there. That's great. Now, not everybody in my audience knows who Tony Robbins is. I mean, of course, I know because I've been a salesperson all my life. But do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience with with Tony Robbins? Oh, wow. Yes, it was amazing. So Tony Robbins is one of the world leaders in, um, he calls it results coaching. 
or strategic intervention. So basically he has developed short processes to help people get through problems. He can break through a problem in probably an hour. So he developed a training course and I decided that I would take on this training course and I spent a year working through it. Rather, You could rush through it, but I decided to take a year. And you get to watch him deal with clients and then he works with a world leader psychologist. Her name is, her name is Chloe Madanis. And she breaks down what he does into psychology, the psychology behind it. Because Tony knew what he was what he was doing worked, but he didn't know why. So the two of them teamed up. He would do the, the sessions and then she would go back and tell him what, what he's done to actually help those people. And from that he was able to create a process and a training course. And now he trains coaches. Wow. So is that how you became a divorce coach? Or a, what, do you, what do you call yourself? It's not a divorce coach. It's a non-divorce coach. <laughs> yeah, I want people to divorce, divorce. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would call it a relationship coach. Okay. And that wasn't my goal. I was actually going to help people recover from divorce. And I ended up putting those people back together. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. So did that start right after your training with Tony or did you start what you do first and then train with Tony Robbins? Yes, it did start earlier than that, but I found I wasn't very successful in counseling using the techniques that I had learned. But when I trained as a coach, I became successful almost immediately and it just continued to grow. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So tell us what are some of the common problems that you see come up and some of the solutions that you were able to give? Mm. Um, common problems would be people rush into relationships for various reasons, but they don't learn to talk beforehand. They don't learn, they don't tackle the big issues. It's almost as if they're scared to talk about them in case they scare away a partner. So that would be one of the major ones. If you can't talk before you get married, it's really not going to help later. What are some of the big issues that people should talk about? Oh, wow. At the start, money. At the start, if you have children, how long do you really want to wait before you're going to have them? And is one partner going to stay home? Because you need to prepare for that. You need to financially know that you're going to be able to cope with that. Because financial worries probably the second thing in divorce. Communication is the first and then money comes in second. So I think if they learn to talk about these big issues at the start, then they don't have to worry later on. It's, they don't have to fear they're going to lose their partner for raising the subject. You know what, that's, that's actually a good idea. I, I remember maybe 25 years ago, there was a couple that I really admired and I, I really enjoyed them. And then I found out later that they had gotten a divorce. And the reason why they got a divorce was because he wanted children and she didn't. Mm. I was amazed that they hadn't discussed this before they got married. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? It was because that's not something that you can really compromise on. You either want children or you don't. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know another couple where I mean, I, I don't know them intimately, but I was told by someone else that the the husband didn't want children because he he was older than than his new wife and she wanted children. And so they wound up having children, but they're having problems, you know, in the marriage. And, and now she's upset because he doesn't help her as much as she would like with the, with her child. 
And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to say, well, based on my information, he didn't want kids to begin with. <laughs> you know? I mean, but, but you're right. And she now has to accept that. I think, I think any person who has a child, both partners, need to start out thinking to themselves, I may end up alone. Can I raise the children on my own? Because that takes the pressure off the marriage and the other partner to supply help equal amounts. So if you know that you can cope on your own, you're in a better, stronger position to start with, and then you can work together. So she, with women who, you know, not coerce is the wrong word, but talk somebody into having children when they really didn't want them, they have to be prepared that that's their decision. It's an adult thing. You know, you accept responsibility for making that decision, knowing that they didn't want children, and now you have to deal with that. You know, that, that is such good advice. Yeah. So, so you're, so basically people should speak about money and children before they marry. What other advice would you give somebody in the premarital space? Mm. Um, the, the, a major one would have to be when, when you go into a relationship in the early stages, you're so consumed with making the other person happy. But once people marry, it's almost like a um, now I can be who I really am. I can relax. I don't have to do all of this. And people start to think more about themselves. So it becomes very much a me situation. I want this. So you'll hear a lot of uh, people during the relationship will say, I need to go and find me. And, And I think to myself, wow, you've really lost it. If you continue to focus on yourself, it's a very small world. Our own world is very small. Um, you will always feel dissatisfaction. So you need to keep that, what can I do to make my relationship better? And you need to do that on a daily basis. And you need to constantly think, what can I do for my partner? Because giving, that giving is what tops us up, makes us feel great. When we help somebody in the street who's fallen down, we walk away feeling good. So in a relationship, same thing. You need to constantly be doing things that make your relationship and your partner feel better. And from that, you feel good. That is a good idea. Do you recommend that your clients track that somehow? Or is it like, how do they keep track of that? That's such a great question. Yes, I do. I actually suggest that couples sit down every two weeks and review the last two weeks. So they'll say, you know, you did this or you did that for me and and that was wonderful. I felt so good because you need to know what's working as well. And But also in that two-week review, they should review fun things they did, fun things that happened, good things that happened because we all remember the bad. (laughs) They sit in our memories very easily and people tend to forget what good things happened And if you do that, you start to override the bad. You start to see, well, actually, we are having good times. We are doing good stuff. That's great. You know what? I just realized we're way past the break. So I could talk to you all day, Michelle. Let's, um, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. We're speaking with Michelle Brayla and she is with YSRelationshipRepairSpecialists.com. And we'll be right back after this break. Want to support the show? I do this show as a love project for you, the listener, but I have expenses. 
I have to pay for the hosting of this show every month. There's also the creation of the show notes. There's the editing, because I certainly can't do that myself. So I've created a place where you can go to support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and select your level of support. It would mean the world to me. So welcome back, Michelle. Thank you so much. And so we were talking before the break on some tips that people can do to stay away from divorce. Anything that we you know, need to expand on? Well, actually, probably one other thing I would add to that is that when you go into a relationship, the relationship's actually a very small part of your life. So you came into your relationship with a life, your partner came into the relationship with a life of their own, and then you get together to create something extra. So one of the, the uh, important things is never give up your life. You've probably seen this, and I, and I know most people I speak to have, is where people come into a relationship and suddenly decide that their lives now are the relationship. You know, they've got to be together. They've got to do this together. If, if they're not doing something together, they, they feel maybe they're not doing something right. And it's actually overwhelming. So I really advise clients, the first person in a relationship is you. If you're not well, if you're not happy, you can't help other people. It's, it's that same scenario as being on the plane and having the oxygen drop out of the, the ceiling. You have to take care of yourself in every area, your spiritual, your health, and then you can help your partner and your children and, and whoever else needs it. So I really do advise people, get a life, have it before you get into a relationship and keep it. Keep your friends. Go out with your friends. Um, do your sports. Just continue to maintain that life because life throws curveballs at us. You don't know how long you have got your partner for. Um, you had a lovely woman on the other day called Joan Price. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about, you know, finding a wonderful man late in life and then losing him six years later. I know. That was sad, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. But she made the most of that time and still lived her life. And he was encouraging her to keep her life going. And I think that's what people need to do also is to make sure they maintain their individuality as well as looking after their relationship. That is such great advice. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about what to do before the marriage. Mm. Now we're going to talk about what to do in the marriage. You touched on that a little bit with the two-week reviews. What else would you do? I think there's a number of things. I mean, we all get angry with our partners from time to time. I think one of the key ones, keep respect the whole time. So there are, there are two aspects to males and females, and it's around this respect issue. And both partners tend not to understand it very well. So men have an overwhelming drive to be respected, and it's, it goes back so far. It's, it's a part of their genetic makeup. And for women, it's appreciation. And they're only, you know, one step apart. But women do so much in a day. They want appreciation for what they've done. And men want respect for what they're doing as a provider. And I think we need to maintain that no matter how angry we are. So there's a wonderful man who speaks. His name's Mark Gungle. And he's a 
minister, I believe, and he does all of these speeches, but he says, laugh your way to a happy marriage. And one of the things he says is, you can wake up feeling as angry as you want, but don't say it, just say good morning. Oh, that's a great, great idea. I mean, that that's wonderful advice. I know so many people that they go to bed angry and they wake up angry. So just continue, always be polite. There's no need to tear into people. One of the things I have left you at the end is called it's about controlled dramas, how we bring our childhood into our relationship. So we tend to um, perform the same supermarket dramas, you know, when we used to throw tantrums. We perform that same ritual of behaviours as adults, unless you've seen it and you've learned to drop it. So I've included that in your um, some notes for you because I think that's a very, very important thing for people to learn. Hey, wow, I'm bringing some of my childhood stuff ahead and I don't need it anymore. That's awesome. Are you talking about the freebie that you created, the three tips for improving relationships immediately? Yes. That, you know, I love the fact that you created that because that can help anybody, even if you're not currently thinking of divorce. That is just so valuable. Thank you for providing that to our audience. We really appreciate it. Now, I hear clients often say, they'll say to me, oh my goodness, that's an aha moment. Um, For example, when I was telling you about looking after yourself, I had a man who's in his 60s and he said, wow, I never knew I could look after myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then some clients, they'll behave in a certain way and then I take them through the controlled drama, how you bring that from childhood into your adulthood and they'll go, oh my goodness, I do that. Mm. Or I've seen that. And they'll suddenly wear it everywhere. Wow. So you're you're a coach. Are you also a counselor? Yes, I am. So, you know, that's very rare to see somebody who's actually a counselor who is a coach at the same time. That must really help what you do, really help for you to be able to make people see what it is that they're doing that is causing strife in the relationship. It does. I read a book a week trying to put together as many things as I can to relate to people because when I can relate to one person, but then the next person that comes along, they'll see things differently or they'll hear things differently. And I have to be able to, you have to be really flexible to get to people. And so I decided when I started all of this training, I was going to cover every area of the field and get as many tools from all of them Try and reduce them. I'm a, I'm a person who works, I work in bite-sized pieces of information. I hate things that take a long time. You know, I, I'm, I don't like books that waffle until they get to that one nugget of information, which is spectacular. And so everything I do is to reduce everything into really short amounts because I want clients, I want clients after 10 weeks max to go away and never need me again. <laughs> They graduate. (laughs) And I get beautiful messages back and testimonials saying, you know, she's given us the tools. We, We now work through things and that's success. Oh, you know, that is such a lovely business to be in, to save marriages. And it is so needed. You know, I, I thank you for what you're doing and, you know, go out there and save the world, Michelle, one (laughs) marriage at a time. I just love it. So we are coming up on our end of the interview. So is there one thing that you would like to tell the listener before we say goodbye? Well, actually, yes. I'd love to touch on retirement now because they're almost going to go through the newlywed stage again. 
So I guess the thing that I would say is that treat your men well because men have a high death rate Mm. when they retire, which is very scary. Um, They need to feel wanted. They need to find a way to continue to feel wanted in life the way they were in work. So I guess that's one thing. The other one would be to you don't really want to be getting divorced later in life. I deal with so many women and men who are dating. We weren't meant to date at this late stage in life. It's very hard. So if you if you think you're wanting to get divorced, go and get help. You know, you've got so much to say. There are so many things that are going to be impacted if you do divorce. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose relationships. You're going to lose extended family. Children are impacted by this. They, they wonder then if they're going to end up divorced. So I really believe before you take that step, you need to get as much help as possible. Mm, that is such good advice. And, you know, the money part, too, and the relationships. I mean, you don't think about the fact that people are going to be uncomfortable choosing sides. And um, you're right. People do lose relationships when they divorce. So thanks for bringing that up. And just as a statistic for you, Catherine, 50% of first relationships end up in divorce. But after that, it's 63% for second relationships and 75% for third relationships. Mm. And the reason is that people don't learn. They just keep repeating what they did in the previous relationship that didn't work then. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, but if they come to you, then they can learn how to save their current relationship, which will also, they won't have to do it again in another relationship because you're right, we repeat our behavior. (laughs) Absolutely. And the nice thing is a lot of the work that I do filters down to how parents relate to their children. It's it's very generic. The way we treat our partners is very much how we treat our pe- the people around us and our children. So the nice thing is I see that the tools I give people now, it's filtering into the workforce, it's filtering into their, you know, their raising their children, it's filtering into how they deal with their parents. It really is... It, You couldn't get a better industry to work in. I love it. I just love it. Love it. Okay, well, to get that freebie that we talked about, the three tips for improving relationships immediately, just go to rockyourretirement.com forward slash relationships with an S, and you can download that freebie for free. And Michelle, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they find you? Uh, They can find me on my website. There is a contact sheet on my website, and they can email me through that. Um, That would be the easiest way at the moment, or they can find me on Facebook. I'm in the process of becoming an online coach, so (laughs) I'm still finding my way with all the technology. Your your street's ahead of me. (laughs) Yes, so at the moment, those would probably be the two best ways. And on my website, it's also got my phone number. Okay, well, I am going to post links to your website on the show notes. Um, Just for the listener, her website is... The Y is the letter Y. And yes. then us, relationships, repair specialists.com. But I'll have a link because it, I know it's long and I know you might be driving or walking your dog or something. So it might be difficult to write this down. But don't worry. Just head on over to the show notes and I'll have, I'll have a link there for you. So thank you, Michelle. Is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye? I know you just said a lot, but just any last words? (laughs) It's always hard to know when I was working on what I would say with you. It's 
because I come to relationships in different points, it can be very hard for me to find a start and an end point with these things. So not really other than to say there's always a reason behind things. It's always not what we see. Men and women do think differently. So there's a lot of great research out there that people can look at as well. And a woman that I found called Alison Armstrong has wonderful references about the differences between males and females. And I sometimes feel that's a good starting point. Alison Armstrong. Okay, well, we'll try to find her information and link it as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. What you do is so important. And the listener, if you are in a relationship or if you are considering divorce or if you know somebody that is, please refer them to the freebie, refer them over to the website so that you, they, whoever can get help. Keeping marriages together is so important, especially at our age. So thanks again, Michelle. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, 
what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.